We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another edition of the Knicks Film School Podcast, but not just any edition. No, sir. Read Bob. This is a... <laughs> this is... I'm loony. In case you guys can't tell, I'm absolutely... I'm, I've lost it. Uh, no more bar- marbles left here. Um, it is a, a free agency... Um, Eve edition for us, a free agency morning edition for you. Um, and uh, I'm going to speak a little bit more about what we're going to talk about today in a moment. But first, let me introduce my uh, co-host who was going, look at him going back and forth with Eric Pincus on, on Twitter about cap minutia mechanics about signing trades and trade exceptions and just the nerdery. I don't know if that's a word, but it should be. Uh, Jeremy Cohen. It's word now. That's what's important. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. I know. This is a magical time. It's uh it's a it's a time of opportunity. It's the calm <laughs> before the storm. Uh it's a time maybe of despair, depending on how you want to view it. I think it's just exciting and fun and I'm anxious, but I'm confident. You know, like again, I I, I don't think there have been any damaging moves, and you could say, Oh, well, with one year contracts every year, basically, then how could there be so many damaging moves? There really aren't. I'm curious to see how this is because this is seeming to all tie into what next summer will be. But who knows? Maybe as you're listening to this today, um, it hits the fan and it's a completely different situation. Um, I have some thoughts on that. I have many thoughts. Oh, do you now? Um, yes. <laughs> let me uh, let me first say, OK, so what what are we going to talk about today? So uh, we're going to give you a look back behind the curtain. Our intention was actually not to drop a podcast today. Our intention was to um, have our locker room discussion, our two-hour locker room. Or no, sorry, not locker Green room. Green room. L- was it any more functional as locker room or six and one half dozen the other? No, it's the same shit. Um, our Green Room discussion from Saturday in which we got into a lot of good stuff and have that be the pod. And then um, tonight, Jeremy and I will be going live at 5 p.m. on the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. Um, and we will take you... From 5 p.m. until who knows when. Uh, we'll be on there for a while. Um, Eastern Standard t- Time, baby. Eastern Standard Time, yes. Um, <laughs> but thanks to the fine folks at Spotify. <laughs> God, 
gotta love those folks. <laughs> Good folks. Um, that that audio was was lost to time. Um, hopefully not like New York's free agent plans. Um, so we're gonna we're dropping a little extra pod uh, for you, and and the purpose of this podcast is just to kind of get you set up to to uh, lay out the lay of the land as it were, um, based on what we know as of, my clock reads, 8.49 p.m., again, Eastern Standard Time on Sunday night. So if we talk about something and you, by the time you listen to this, um, whatever the fuck it is is irrelevant, don't blame us because um, this shit happens. Before I get into the news, I'm going to ask you very quickly, Jeremy, uh, reading the internet tea leaves, it seems... Just from reading the things that are out there, that the most likely scenario that that the Knicks end up with, if you had to put your your chip on one of the many, the, there's probably thirty, there's thirty six spots on a roulette wheel, right? So this is like one of the thirty six, Fournier and Schroeder being what we end up with. Like we're sitting here, it's this time tomorrow, four for four for eighty Fournier. Let's be kind to ourselves. Three for 63 Schroeder, third year team option. Um, And then whatever, we bring back Bullock or we bring back Rose or something like that. If that's what happens, how are you going to feel? Well, I think the first thing is that if the bidding got up to $20 million for Evan Fournier a year, I'm going to be a little upset. Uh, Again, I'm not against paying him. I think that the Knicks should and will have one long-term contract. It's just a matter of how much that is because you're trying to prioritize next year as well. So can you sign someone to a long-term deal where if you need to meet, you know, move them, that's fine down the line. But the idea of trying to sign them this year and then still create enough space to sign uh, someone like Bradley Beal, maybe someone like Zach Levine, trying to fix and figure out what those pieces are. And if you're giving Evan Fournier $20 million, uh, that's going to create quite a few obstacles uh, to make to you know help you get to Beal. You can get to Levine, but not to Beal. Uh, and if you're giving Dennis Schroeder a guaranteed second year, forget it. You're relying on the sign and trade to get some type of star uh, or you're just trading outright. Um, and I think one thing, you know, I, I don't want to throw too much at once, but just to keep in mind, if you're thinking about, oh, well. The Knicks could sign and trade. Uh, this weekend, uh, Knicks made a few moves, one of which was making sure Mitchell Robinson is an unrestricted free agent next season. So the Knicks on their plan is basically um, to sign or re-sign Julius Randle and Mitch. They could do that. But if they also do a sign and trade for a star, then they get a hard cap. And if they get hit with the hard cap, then that might affect how much they do. So, the bottom they line could, here is how much they it might affect how much they could sign those players to in an extension. Correct. So okay. the, the the main thing, the main takeaway here is that this free agency period, what I hope is relatively soon, but you know, who knows how long it could last, we get a very good idea as to who would have to stay and who would have to go in order for some sort of move to be made. Um I just again I I really find it hard to believe that this front office, which has been so um, economical and strategical when it comes to these contracts, that they're going to get, you know, two players on guaranteed contracts. That would surprise me quite a bit. I, I think it, 
the evidence suggests that you are 100% correct. I, this is, I mean, we don't have to get into it right now. We've had this conversation before. This is where me and you differ. I tend to think that the NBA is changing by the day, but it's not by the hour, um, where teams are just, they're not as worried about, now I should say teams, the Knicks have seemingly been very worried about cap space for some time now and this regime in particular. So um, for them to sign uh, multiple players to multiple guaranteed years would seem to be out of character for them. Um, I just am a little bit more skeptical about how it, or if, if, if this is the day that they turn over a new leaf, that's all. And, and we're, and basically be like, we're going to sign guys to deals that we feel they will, at the very least, if not outperform, um, perform up to or in the range of such that um, including them in a trade for a player that would then be signed and traded to them um, would would it would not be, you know, it would be feasible. Um, that obviously does not address the issues that you reference about potentially being hard capped and not. But I, I'm not sure that I don't know. I don't know. I, w- I wonder how much they're worried about that right now. But we don't have to. Do- that's a conversation for another day. Um, perhaps next week when we talk about the moves that they made. For now, let's talk about what's on the table. Um, I'll ask you, where do you want to start? Because we're just going to run through every all of kind of where things stand. So where, where's the first place you want to go? Uh, sure. I mean, should we take a look at basically what the Knicks are likely to enter with and then kind of go from there? Perfect. So we'll run through very quickly just because I have it up um Hopefully I got all this. Uh, this is oh, this is a good way for me to edit my uh, my newsletter for tomorrow. I could just read through everything, and if I've missed something, you'll tell me. Okay, so you already referenced Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Mitchell Robinson will not be a restricted free agent this um, this summer. Um, although they could still sign him to a contract extension um, starting next season, uh, twenty. Uh, one twenty two, or even potentially this season, because they still have the option to rip that. Uh, $1.8 million he's playing for this year in half and um, have his extension start this season. Although that's highly unlikely because that would involve using cap space, which we don't really have to get into too much, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, Frank Nilakina, uh, no qualifying offer. Um, it's only a matter of time before we hear that they've renounced his um, cap hold, which is I think 14 million because he didn't hit the starter criteria or is it 18? I always get it's confused 18. with that. It's 18. Okay. It doesn't, it's zero. The starter criteria affects the qualifying offer. I, I honestly, I, I'm not entirely sure in that sense. It's funny is, though. It is. It's a lot of money. They're going to renounce it. That's the point. He's gone. That's the point. He's, Frank is unfortunately gone. At least I well, think he, Listen, they may bring him back for like the vet minimum or something. Um, Norvell Pell. It was nice knowing you, buddy. Uh, you are gone. Um, Julius Randle, you are staying. I should surprise nobody. The Knicks, uh, his $19.8 million is fully guaranteed. And I think that's it. Unless I miss something. That's about it. Okay, so that will leave them with. Oh, and we should also say because uh, Keith Smith uh, tweeted out earlier today um, some salary cap totals of what teams are likely to have. He is going. He was going. He tweeted out. I think a number of fifty three point something million. But because uh, we he responded to me, he's assuming that they waive Luca Vildoza, um, which they may do. They may not do. We don't know. So I will then uh, turn it over to you, Jeremy. Sure. I don't think they're going to waive Luca Vildoza. I think that that's kind of um, a pretty, I don't, I don't want to say egregious, but, uh, and I'm not talking about that from the player's standpoint. It's like the Knicks signing Vildoza away from his home 
team or, or the team he was playing on in Spain and then being like, oh, yeah, by the way, we've cut you and goodbye. I just don't see it happening. I think they will guarantee him. But the point is they don't have to do anything. I mean, they don't have to do anything until open the day after opening night where they can cut him and not spend any money. Day, day before. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if we are assuming this situation, um, basically where we have Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Kevin Knox, Obi Toppin, uh, Luca Vildoza, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, and Mitchell Robinson, right? So that is, uh, th- that's eight players, which basically would mean. Yes. For, for anybody who's wondering why you didn't mention the other rookies, that was the whole, and we're not going to talk about the draft right now, the whole deal with them moving from the first round to the second round to select uh, Deuce McBride is that contract slot does not, they, they will sign Deuce McBride to a contract and it will count for whatever counts against cap, but that slot is not currently um, showing up on their cap. So it, it's not, um, it, it, it's as if for, for right now, for the purposes of what they could spend this summer, Deuce McBride does not exist. Is that fair to say? Yes. Second round picks don't have cap holds. So they count as zero right now. Um, and, you know, I mean, like there's Pinson and there's um, Jared Harper, but we're just going to assume that they're waived. They could always bring him back some form but those eight players are under contract right now and by the time we actually you know have this drop and and in between free agency there's a good chance the nba comes out with a new uh salary cap because they looked at the finances and thought actually we can increase it so this might change a little bit but as of right this moment the knicks have 51.4 million dollars to spend and they would have if we have eight players there and then we're assuming you know uh mcbride gets a, a guaranteed contract of sorts. Uh, Taj Gibson's back. Now we're at 10, which means that you have still, I mean, you can go over the cap to, to sign those guys, but the bottom line being $51.4 million to sign five players. And they also have the room exception once they spend all of that. Which so, is about 5 million bucks. Right. So, you know, that's the sort of thing. You can give one player $20 million. You can give another player uh $18 million. That's 38. You still have $13 million left over to give to someone that you could maybe do on a one-year deal, or you take on some sort of salary dump if it is available. Maybe you also trade out Kevin Knox's salary. That can create more can we, opportunities. Can we touch on that real, very briefly? Because um, again, as I was jokingly referencing, but it was it was a good conversation you were having with uh, Mr. Pincus earlier on Sunday um, about the prospect of a Dennis Schroeder sign and trade. We don't have to get into the reasons because this isn't a Lakers podcast as to why it would behoove the Lakers to sign and trade Dennis Schroeder as opposed to just letting him walk in free agency. But just take our word for it. It would behoove them. Um, the mechanics of this is they're, they're trying to get Buddy healed. I, Allegedly. Um, But again, because of the cap stuff, um, they would need to if they're signing and trading Dennis Schroeder to somewhere else, um, someone would need to send something back to or they would have to send something back to um, Sacramento to make that deal feasible. My thinking is if the Knicks needed the cap room, Kevin Knox could go find himself over in Sacramento, which if, if they needed an extra $5.8 million, the Knicks I'm talking about, I don't think that that's nuts. Now, would the Lakers then be sending a 2027 first round pick to Sacramento for their trouble? Would be, they be sending it to the Knicks for their trouble? I, I don't really know, but just I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, the Lakers will want someone better 
than Schroeder, at least who fits what they're doing. And the concept there being, if they did trade Schroeder to the Knicks, um, minimum contract has to be for that sign and trade three years, but only the first year has to be guaranteed. So as a reminder, you know, when Austin Rivers was signed and traded to the Knicks, the second year and the third year, they were both non-guaranteed and out he went. So the idea here would be the Knicks could always sign a player like Schroeder away for nothing, at least just cap space. But by doing the Lakers some sort of solid, they open up a little bit more money and then they can take in a contract. It wouldn't be enough for Heald, but they could always try to take in someone that's making 18 million, for example. And then they could later try to flip that for Buddy Heald when the matching is effect. It's cap minutiae. So the bottom line is that, yes, as John's saying, the Lakers trading Schroeder to the Knicks would actually be pretty decent for all parties involved, unless, of course, you hate Schroeder with a burning passion, which uh, it's very clear that I, several of you do, as when I just tweeted about it, I it, was, uh, it was pretty funny to see. Let me speak to that. I mean, look, we'll talk about it if it happens. I'm not a shorter guy. You guys, I hope know by now I'm not a shorter guy. I just um, I just don't think he's that great. That said, I think he, if they get him, he's not going to be the only move they make. And I think they're going to I would not be surprised in the least because if again, referencing what the two the two guys who you are hearing associated with the Knicks are Schroeder and Fournier. Fournier being there, Fournier is a really good shooter. I'm I'm not a Fournier guy either. That dude could shoot. That dude could put the ball on the floor. He's a dynamic offensive player. Um, if you were, I feel like he would be a nice compliment to Schroeder, who is not really a shooter. Um, and also, you're not married to Schroeder being on the floor at all times. I think he could be your starter, your nominal starter. But um, Fournier has run offenses before. I'm, I'm, I don't know who. I don't know who is actually running. Um, you know, point for uh, France in the in the Olympics, but like for all intents and purposes, Fournier is running their offense. Like he could do that. So you're, if you're visualizing like a game that starts with Schroeder at the point, but finishes with, let's say Fournier, RJ, um, Randall, a traditional center and, you know, pick your wing, maybe Quentin Grimes. Like that's, that's interesting to me. Um, one note on the room exception, it's about $5 million for anybody out there thinking that maybe, ooh, maybe that's a home for Derrick Rose. Maybe that's a home for Alec Burks. Maybe that's a home for Reggie Bullock. My sense is that the market for all of those players is about double what the room exception would be. Jeremy, do you disagree with that? I don't. I mean, think about it. Derrick Rose just had the third best finish, in, or I mean, you know, finished the the bronze medal if you will for the six man of the year award and was the best he's player gonna, in the playoffs for right <laughs> right he's he's 33 years old um yeah. he's he wants more years i'm sure of it and here's the thing if you're a knicks fan and you're thinking well why can't rose just be the starter he's just not viewed that way anymore he doesn't want that. like even if you're thinking well he can start and play 25 minutes and, and that's fine I think a big factor here, and look, I know that the last two seasons have not been 82 game seasons. That's for certain. But Derrick Rose hasn't played more than 60 games a year since the first time he was a Nick. And I think there's legitimate concern from the Knicks perspective of A, giving him long term money and B, of basically what role he would be in. Because I think that they'll see Vildoza or McBride and IQ as being able to, I don't want to say make up for what he can do, but but you also have to think maybe there's a regression factor. Maybe as good as Rose was, is he going to replicate all of that? Um, and, I, and I think that's where also with Schroeder, it kind of comes into play. Like, I am also not a Dennis Schroeder fan, 
but I can't believe I'm like at the point where I'm saying this, but it almost feels like Dennis Schroeder is becoming underrated by how much people seem to be against the move only because like, you know, he spots up fine. He drives, he converts at the rim. He passes out of drives. Like he is in so many ways, your typical Tibbs point guard. Um, He can finish at the basket perfectly fine. And then you have the negatives, right? Like he's still not great on offense. Um, His efficiency in general, every single year is pretty much not good. It's in the 45th percentile for his position. He's like consistently slightly below average in terms of overall efficiency. But but the the thing that you should note on that is the the overall efficiency factors in um, his three point shooting, which is ass. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> which a compliment is coming inside the arc. He's he's again, he's not any great shakes, but he's you could live with what he does inside the arc. Um, and right. I think if there's one thing the Knicks navigated fairly well last year, um, it was uh, Alfred Payton's lack of an outside shot. That said, people talk about this all the time. There's 82 game players and there's 16 game players. I think that Dennis Schroeder is more of a 82 game player. Um, so which lends credence to your theory about one year, right? One guaranteed year, not n- no more guaranteed from there. And again, like, you know, you can do things with that. You can flip him if you needed to, if you, you know, could yeah. some sort of situation, um, you could keep him for the year. He's also a great cutter. The Knicks were terrible at cutting last yeah. year. And that's something he does really well. So yes. getting the ball, I think there's also this idea that he's super ball dominant. I don't see it as such. I think he can, he's, you know, again, the fact that he spots up pretty well and, and does it at a high frequency shows that the ball's not always in his hands. He runs pick and, uh, and roll pretty well. And on defense, it's like he, he's a bit of a pest. And what he, you know, like he's athletic, he's, he's really quick. So it's that sort of thing where, again, like, I know it sounds like I'm talking myself into him again, he is not my number one choice. But then when you look at a lot of the other options where there are, you know, like your Conleys of the world, your Lowry's, um, your Chris Paul's, and then looking at, you know, Dinwiddie, all these guys who, if the Knicks are trying to figure out something where they can get a wing long-term past this year, and then they're looking for a one-year guard, that sort of thing. Then that I, you know, I understand it more and restricted free agents. You have to offer them at least two years. Yeah. And Devonte Graham has good aspects. For example, um, like he pulls up well, he's become a better passer. I don't know if he's a primary. So he's also one of the worst players. He is. He's shorter. And I mean, Schroeder's not exactly tall, but um, he's not quite that short. And the, the other thing about Devonte Graham is he is one of the worst players to finish at the rim. Like the last two years uh, is around the basket are like, seventh percentile and third percentile this past year it's terrible so it's that sort of thing where when you get down to it it's like whittling down the competition and who are you really left with patty mills he's not a starter he's a bench player um like they're all these guys where you could say you know like oh well alfred payton started last year so they could start sure but again if we're talking about the alfred payton bar it's all the way down here dennis schroeder is still pretty far above it he's just not like you know the type of point guard that you want which is why i'll be very apathetic to it but i will be furious if it's a second year guarantee and i understand the whole idea of sign and trades and blah 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 still i if if dennis schroeder gets at least two years that are guaranteed i'm gonna be pretty upset um i won't blame you for that um we'll, we'll see um i have a funny feeling they're gonna wind up with schroeder we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Let's go through some of the other point guards. Um, well, actually, no. Let's. So, for anybody who hasn't been on Twitter all weekend, uh, the two headliners for this free agency, if you're wondering, yes, they will be Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard because both of those players opted out of their player option. So, they will, uh, quote unquote, be on the market. Um, we're not going to sit here and talk about Kawhi and Chris Paul because what the fuck are we going to say? They're. Maybe something crazy happens. Maybe probably not. They're probably going to wind up. I'll say, where they, I'll say what, one. Say thing. what you're going to say. Yeah, one thing. Uh, let's forget about Chris Paul for a second with Kawhi. So we're going to get Kawhi, out. Chris Paul, and we're going to try. Uh, yeah, Kawhi opted out of his contract. Yes, he did. Um, and at first it was like, huh, that's a little odd. Why wouldn't he just opt in and get a four year extension? Yeah. What he's doing instead is he's going to take a one and one. Probably. So then he's he you know then the Clippers have his full bird rights because he he will have been on the team for three years he'll opt out and then at the age of thirty one he'll sign a five year max contract and the reason that's important is because now that they have his bird rights they can add five years to that and he can get eight percent raises so not bad for him so but that's yeah. that's why so earlier the thought of like why is he opting out it's because of that um if there is a 
burbling, you know, sneaky suspicion about what Leon Rose has planned for the next 24 hours. Um, I think we could all agree it has to do with Chris Paul. Um, we'll see. Um, I saw three for 90 as a number that was bandied about on uh, Twitter, which is obviously always correct. Um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think he'll get more because if Lowry is potentially getting that, although, you know, who knows what the deal is with Lowry in Miami. So, so if I'm well, Chris Paul let, and I'm looking so at Kyle go, Lowry, I say I want more money than he is. Let's go there next because you're probably like, why are you talking about Kyle Lowry? The Knicks could offer Kyle. Look, um, you may choose to ignore the scuttlebutt. Um, I don't ignore. I don't ignore the butt. The butt's powerful. The butt is there for a reason. You got to pay attention to the butt. And the butt says that Kyle Lowry um, is uh, probably going to be a member of the Miami Heat. Um Although that got a little bit more complicated today, which we'll get to in a second. But if he's not going to be the member, a member of the Heat, it sounds like um, Dallas and New Orleans are the two teams that are going after him and uh, going after him hard. Uh, obviously, there's only one Kyle Lowry. He could only end up with one of those teams, um, which then gets into the domino effect of free agency. And it is shaking out to it seems to me to be shaking out and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if you have a different opinion, Jeremy, that Spencer Dinwiddie is kind of the next guy in line that it once Lowry signs, then is it a, uh, Dinwiddie sign and trade to Washington, which is where there's some buzz. Um, does, you know, does Dallas make a late push for Dinwiddie or does Dallas just go try to bring back Timmy? Does new Orleans try to make a push for Dinwiddie? Um, or, and then again, more, more dominoes. Uh, do they try to hang on to Lonzo ball who, uh, the, uh, reports are that he is looking to go to Chicago who um, cannot afford him right now. They still have to do some stuff, which, man, this is where it gets into some really fun things. Um, I don't know. To, to, whatever you want to comment on any of that. I, I feel, did I hit the big ones or is there anybody else I left out? No, I think that is pretty much everything. Um, at least the, you know, the quote unquote top guys who are at the point guard spot. If, you know, assuming you want to call Alonzo a point guard, then, then yeah, that's, essentially what's going to be the case um i mean for dinwiddie yeah it seems that him going to washington makes sense and the wizards could you know the wizards have have more wings than a super bowl party so they could send something <laughs> back to to the nets in some way like i, I would get it it's just no know. wait hold on was how long have you admit it this is a safe space how long have you had that in your back pocket is it weeks oh, I, is I it messaged, months i messaged it yesterday to prez so oh, okay. like it, it's not like it was off the cuff right, it's, it's I days be, i'll be honest it's, it's, days. But, it's, no, no, it's, it's a it's a day but i was proud of myself when i thought of that and i thought it was i would have been enough, too thank <laughs> you andrew thank you for the hand clap yeah exactly so but you know like that's again what we're looking at so so how much more are we doing here in terms of the point guard spot and then that's why it's like okay you want to trade for someone you could trade for someone, but you got to be willing to now pay for a player like Colin Sexton. How willing are the Cavs to give them up? Clearly, they didn't have interest in making that type of deal or the Knicks didn't make the deal. Like, I think that ship sailed. I think that's right. gone. So so what are we left with? What point guards are here that are that are going to be you well, know, they- doing something? And then I think there's this idea of it's like, OK, why don't the Knicks start Emmanuel quickly? And I just do not see that happening. I don't see the Knicks elevating quickly to the lead point guard position. They're not going to do it. They enter the year still with all this money that they didn't spend, period. And they're saying, yeah, it's the guy that we have starting for us is an internal promotion. 
I think quickly we'll have more responsibility this year. I just don't see it as like he is the guy. And until he's able to, you know, finish better around the basket, um, be, be a better playmaker and passer, you know, he's, he's fine. He's good. It's just starting caliber wise. He's not there yet. And that's fine. He, he, I believe he can get there. It's just not yet. Finding someone who is a more ready win now player and you have all this money at your disposal. So you might as well use it. There's two things that um, I think Tibbs made abundantly clear to us last year with Alfred Payton. It's it's that he wants a point guard, as you said before, who relentlessly um, puts pressure on the rim. Um, and he he is willing to work around inefficiencies or imperfections with that player. And I think what you said before about Schroeder being a really good cutter is absolutely prescient because all those possessions where people would um, clip on Twitter after a game, there's Peyton over there and there's no one within 15 fucking feet of him. He would never did. I I can't remember a single fucking Alfred Payton cut from last year. If it ha- I mean, if somebody out there remembers it, send me a clip. I'll be happy to 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 re- repost it. I don't remember it. Um, Schroeder's really good at that, and I I think if if even if Schroeder winds up being their backup plan, I could see Tibbs being like, okay, that's fine. Um, and, and it would really lend credence to your theory. I but. <laughs> about them only wanting to have only one guy with multiple years if shorter ends up coming on one year and that being the reason that they don't go hard after um a Dinwiddie um or potentially a Lowry if you think there was ever a real chance of them getting Lowry I'm not sure I do um because I could see them prioritizing a wing a ball moving and a shooting wing more than the the point guard spot, which may seem a little nuts, but I, I'm, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, just, just for what it's worth, because yes. you mentioned it and I decided to look it up. So last season with Alfred Payton, uh, as a cutter, he cut on 38 total possessions, 38. <laughs> that was 4.9% of the time for the, for the things he did. Right. So he was pick and roll ball yes. lander, uh, 45% of the time spot up transition, offensive rebounds, cutting was, was fifth, right? Okay. He was in the eighth percentile in cutting. <laughs> eighth percentile. Okay. It's Dennis so Schroeder. No, it's not. Dennis Schroeder did it only 2% of the time. So not a whole lot, but he got more reps, right? But uh, at least in terms of other areas, he had 21 possessions. He grades out as 89th percentile. Excellent. Look, I understand that is still a small percentage um, and percentile or possession, whatever you want to call it. He still consistently has done better jobs over the years. It's not like one year where he's, he's good and you know, like he's done it before it works out. And the Knicks as a team, I think they were, let's see. Yep. They were 30th. They were last in the NBA in cuts. Yeah, so cut. we're talking about someone who does have, you know, strengths that can actually contribute to better basketball. And if you do Schroeder and Fournier, it's not sexy. I get it. But <laughs> how many people are really going to be like, Oh yeah, I'm totally cool with, with um, Cameron Payne. I'd be realistic. They're, I think about it. Like they're going to sign Schroeder before pain. They're going to sign right. Schroeder before pain. And they should because Schroeder has more experience and, and, and he can actually start more consistently. And there's more proof to that. And again, this, it sucks that I have to talk myself into Dennis Schroeder or the idea of it on the eve of free. I don't want to do it either. I don't like Schroeder. Of course not. Yeah. I'm not thrilled with it, but it's not like, Oh, Alfred Payton. Fine. You know, he's like the only option on the table. He's not. Schroeder is still a better option. Than other people 
fans just don't like him and they see the attitude. And again, like we have seen what it takes in this entire situation with Tibbs. It's a no nonsense thing. They're not going to bring in Dennis Schroeder if they think he's going to be some sort of huge distraction or issue. And it's worth mentioning that it's all plays in with agency that Dennis Schroeder is rep by Octagon. Uh, Luca Vildoza is also Octagon. Alec Burks is Octagon. There's like there's some give and take. And I'm sure that the Knicks probably don't have their sights set on one Stephen Curry, but he's again with Octagon. A lot of things are agent related. You can fucking madness. But of course, but the point being is, you know, like it's never worked for the Knicks before, but that doesn't mean it never will work. You keep your options open. And if they feel Schroeder's the best option that is available to them, given the conditions that they have, so be it. I think the the takeaway, if you're listening to this and you're like, go sell crazy someplace else, we're all stuck up here. Um, This is this summer is not the the Knicks are not um, whatever they do in the hours after you listen to this. They don't think that these moves are leading them to a championship. They're trying to just get to the next step, um, which is, you know, in case you haven't noticed around the NBA, players want to go to organizations where they feel like they can win a championship. That is the first goal. Everything else comes secondary, which is why you hear and you get annoyed when you look on Twitter and you're like, what, the Lakers are just going to fucking event cap space? Well, there's a reason that these players want to climb over themselves to go to organizations like this. Um, yes, being in LA helps. Yes, Miami's a very lovely locale. Um, but um, players want to go to organizations that have shown a proven track record of being able to win. The Knicks want to get better this year, um, which is why if you're waiting for them to go the next several days without spending any money um, or take on, I don't know what salary dumps are even available right now. That's not going to happen. They're going to spend money. They're going to try to get as good as they can while towing the line that Jeremy, um, holds so holy. Um, you do kind of hold up. It's near and dear to my heart. 100%. You spray holy, if you weren't Jewish, you would spray, uh, holy, well, you can't spray holy water. Sprinkle holy water? You could spray it. You know, like when the pandemic was going, I saw, um, some priests shooting, uh, water guns with holy water. So you could do it. You got to be creative during a pandemic. Just that's the bottom line. <laughs> the exorcist for Leon Rose's revenge. Um, I don't know where I got that from. You ready? Showtime on May 3rd. Summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, a couple other things, and then we'll we'll finish up here. Um, we should mention that. Uh, so I, I do want to get to this. Before my, you want to hear my crazy theory? I do, John. I want to hear your crazy theory. Okay. Um, there is another point guard option for the Knicks. 
Um, and that is one Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic was thought by many to be a free agent. Um, he was going to be a free agent because the Knicks uh, or the Heat would um, decline his his team option. That is not the case. Uh, they picked up his 19 uh, point whatever million dollar team option uh, today on Sunday. Um, and now are left in a situation where if they want Kyle Lowry, they're going to have to um, acquire him via sign and trade because they don't have the requisite cap space. Um, I would not be shocked if uh, completely shocked if we were sitting here in a couple of days and looking at um, Goran Dragic in a Nick uniform as the Knicks get in as the third team potentially in a three team deal involving the Heat and the Raptors, um, because if you believe the reports that are out there, if uh, Dragic is indeed sent back to the Raptors and allow sign and trade, he's probably just going to be bought out, um, which I don't know. Why would the Raptors want to do that? Which gets me back to my crazy theory. OK, here we go. <sighs> I don't know if I'm ready for this. Um, Jeremy, I'm sure you noticed. Uh, actually, I think I referenced this in our green room. Um, Bobby Marks pointed out recently that you are allowed, if you have a restricted free agent, to reduce their cap hold from, uh, in the case of Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, from $4.7 million to $1.7 million, but it would make them unrestricted. You're familiar with this, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, Obviously, a team would never do this unless they've agreed with the restricted free agent ahead of time that like, look, we we got this worked out. We're going to lower this, but you're we have a handshake deal. You're going to resign with us. But it it would in this case, it would give Miami it would have had they not picked up. Or, or uh, yeah, picked up uh, Dragic's option. Um, it would have been able to get Miami up to twenty-seven million dollars in cap space for Kyle Lowry. It's a lot of money, right? Good, yes, good first-year salary for Kyle Lowry. They did not do that. You know what that tells me? It tells me a couple things. One, it tells me they they're not sure that they have Kyle Lowry in the bag. More importantly, it tells me that they have not yet come to any agreement with Duncan Robinson and that they are still negotiating and that Duncan Robinson um, can be had and that because they're not sure about all this, they're potentially worried about losing Goran Dragic for and or, or losing out on Lowry potentially. And then they wouldn't have a point guard because they, they would have let, let Dragic go. Um, I think Duncan Robinson can can be had. I think the I think I think the Knicks secret plan A is to go big and go hard after Duncan Robinson with a massive offer sheet that gets Miami to look at itself and be like, wait a minute. Jimmy Butler is about 72 hours away from walking into, um, if you're Pat Riley, my office and uh, demanding a full max contract. Um, I got Bam, $30 million a year. Trying to bring in Lowry, $30 million a year. And now I got the Knicks offering Duncan Robinson. I don't know, Jeremy, what do you think is crazy? What's what's crazy to you? How crazy are you feeling? Uh, how crazy am I feeling? Um, not as crazy as you must be feeling, my friend. I that you want to know the number in my head? What's the number in your head? One hundred million dollars for 
four so you're years. telling me that the Knicks are going to offer Duncan Robinson four years, $25 million a year, $25 million a year. I'm going to need a Tums just, just from that. My goodness. I'm not wow. going to spoil my whole newsletter because I wrote all about it, but I think he's worth it. I think he's a contract that you could move if you need to. Even at that $25 million a year? $25 million a year. That is a lot of money. That is, that is, I mean, for context, like Joe Harris and Davis Bertans are earning 16, 17, 18 million. And we're giving Duncan Robinson 25. And they're not as good a shooter and they're not as dangerous a shooter as Duncan Robinson. But that's, I mean, that's an $8 million difference is what we're basically saying here. That we're saying, a th- you know, Add an extra third of what they're earning, and that's Duncan Robinson. To me, that yeah. is, you can find, look, he's an elite shooter. Absolutely. Yeah. Off, you know, spot no, up. He, he is the he's most fantastic. elite shooter up nicely. this side of Stephen Dame. But $25 million elite shooter, I can't, I can't no, get listen, there. Whether he's worth $25 million or not, I, whether he's worth $25 million a year or not, I think is and this, by the way, this is not a hot take. This is I, I I believe this is something they should do. I don't know if they will do it. I think it's in there. I think it's something they're considering. And I don't know that they'll need to go to 25. But I'm just wondering, what would you have to make that contract for Riley not to match? Maybe 20 was it 21, 22? Maybe you again, do three I, I years. The big with thing, a, what the big thing here, at least with with the contract situation that Duncan Robinson has, right? Like how you're saying he's a restricted free agent and, and getting it down to the unrestricted amount, they can always rescind the amount. So Duncan Robinson could just, you know, say, no, uh, I'm not taking that, decline it. And then they can still work together on a deal and then be like, all right, cool. We're going to lower your cap hold. And then you'll, you know, when we're over the cap, you'll resign with us. That sort of thing. I just, I can't see they the could Knicks do that being, down the line. Right. But what if the Knicks come at him first and be like, here are all the bags. They they should, James Dolan should go to the fucking ATM himself and take out that money and then put it in Louis Vuitton bags and fly his little fucking jet down to Miami or wherever the hell Duncan Robinson is and hand him the Louis Vuitton bags full of cash. That's what I want to do. $100 million worth of cash for Duncan Robinson. Yeah. $100 million. Yeah, I would do it. I would not. I would definitely not. But here's the thing. The timing of all of this, right? You can, the Heat aren't going to make Duncan Robinson an unrestricted free agent. No, they're not. Unless they, they feel like, right, exactly. So here's the thing, though. With the moratorium, basically it ends on August 6th. Then you can yes. start signing guys. Once August 6th occurs, that's when teams can start signing players to offer sheets and getting things done that way. And then the team has 48 hours to match or not. In that time, there's still going to be opportunities for them to make moves. So what we're basically talking about is a six-day window, which is an eternity for the Heat to get all of their ducks in a row and then handle Duncan Robinson. And now, while all of that's I- happening, right, the Knicks are have $25 million invested in an offer sheet for Duncan Robinson. Not a contract, an offer sheet. An offer sheet, while yeah, that's that they can't spend elsewhere. All of these... Right. So all they have $25 million locked into a player that they can't lock into. And then all of the players that they might want are quickly coming off the board because why are they going to stick around and wait until the Knicks are off the, you know, the market? The Mavs, for example, they look at Fournier and say, hey, if the Knicks aren't going to spend on Evan Fournier and they're kind of locked into all this, 
screw it. We got money to burn. We'll bring in Fournier. And then he's off the board. And then the Mavs, or excuse me, the, the, the Heat, match that offer on Duncan Robinson. And where does it leave the Knicks? It leaves the Knicks striking out on their big target of Duncan Robinson and having no one to take the money that they have and no real replacement. And then they're shit out of luck. I, and that, I think, to me, I think they could have their cake and eat it too. Concern. No, I think How they could have their cake restricted? and eat it too. Because I see, I just don't. Not when it comes to Duncan Robinson. So with Robinson for four for a hundred, it would not need to start at twenty five because with five percent raises, you could start at around what uh, twenty three and change, something along those lines. Yes. Okay. Sure. Great. So if if you wanted to go and sign Evan Fournier on day one of free agency, which I believe we'll do. I believe uh, um, by six oh five on um, Monday night. We're going to be sitting here saying, okay, they got Evan Fournier for four years and damn close to $80 million. Maybe not quite 80, but close. You could start Evan Fournier at 18 and get him pretty close to 80. I think it actually needs to be like 18.6 with 5% raises. Um, if, if you do Kevin Knox, as I said, and you send Kevin Knox out in a sign and trade in which you get back Dennis Schroeder and, and, you waive the aforementioned Luca Vildoza. You could get damn close to being able to have Fournier, Schroeder on the number you want, Schroeder, and still have that offer sheet out to Duncan Robinson's. Maybe it's not a hundred. Maybe it's four for ninety-two. Something that they know Riley is not going to match. Okay, but let's also consider this: there are five starting spots. Yes, right. We know Mitch, Randall, and yep. RJ are starting. Yes, and then you Duncan Robinson. Signed Evan Fournier. Wait, he's going to be just the sixth man. Evan Fournier. So Evan Fournier is signing up to be the sixth man now? Yes, yes. Why is he signing up to be the sixth man when we, when we know he's, he's a starter? Because he's getting paid $80 he get, million. Dollars. He can get $80 million and still be a starter for a team like Dallas. It's just a matter of whether think, they want to pay him or not. I think Dallas would rather stick well, with Tim Hardaway Jr. Stick with the devil you know. But. I'm telling you, man. I. You you were right. It is a bad shit crazy theory in my in my mind. You're, you're absolutely right. And I also think there are five <laughs> words that come to my mind when it comes to uh, at Duncan face. Robinson and the Heat. Five <gasps> words. What? And it's over Pat Riley's dead body. The idea that he's going to let Duncan Robinson waltz over to the Knicks. But then again, Fine. he could all be like, you know what? But you know what? If he lets Duncan Robinson go to the Knicks for $25 million a year on average, let's say it is the 23 or whatever starting amount, and he lets him go, that just shows how Pat Riley fucked over the Knicks again. Because he's just, he's basically being like, okay, cool. No, what do you mean no? If if Pat Riley is letting Duncan Robinson walk to the Knicks, that basically means, yeah, you overpaid so much for him. You could take him. That's fine. We love Duncan Robinson. No, that means Mickey uh, Harris is paying 25. That's good. No, it doesn't because Mickey Arison has spent before. It, it, it's not about spending for him. And again, I still think the whole their thought process here is, again, as you're saying, the Dragic sign and trade, get Lowry into the building. If they have to clear some money other ways, they can do that. Yes. But then they could say, yeah. cool, let's go over the cap, re-sign Duncan Robinson. We can agree to, you know, 18 million, 19 million a year, reduce his cap hold to create a little bit more flexibility, do all of that, and then still have Duncan Robinson as a starter for their team, making money in Miami, no taxes from the state level, all of this. That's just how I see it. I just, I can't 
it also would be the antithesis of everything the Knicks have worked on doing. And then it's this mindset of what you're selling to the fans, right? So you've taken, I, I understand the appeal of a sign and trade for a star down the line, especially next year. Hell, it could even be in 2023. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But to then say to your fans like, hey, we kept all this cap space open for Duncan Robinson to get a starting salary of $23.5 million. Damn right we did. What what are you selling to people? You're basically you're selling, saying you're selling to people this. Here's what you're selling to people. You you're selling them like like you know no, you know what you're selling to all people? American Davis Bertans. No, you're you're selling to people this on the poster right there. R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. You that's, know what R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle are? Those are two guys who need the ball in their hands, and those are two guys who are not yet at this point right top of the line on ball players in the NBA. Julius Randle's pretty close. R.J. Barrett's not there yet. How do you toe the line between keeping R.J. Barrett a on the path to develop as a premier on-ball player in the NBA? Um, you get him Duncan Robinson. Because if you inject Duncan Robinson into any offense, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter what offense you inject him into. He automatically ups the ante for everybody else in it. It makes everybody else look better. He's the or, single most dangerous off-ball player in the entire league, and it's not close. And if you think again, I'm nuts, off-ball, off-ball off player. Ball. That's and if you think I'm play. nuts, go look at Clay Thompson's salary with the Golden State Warriors. And I know Golden Clay uh, Thompson is one of the premier defenders before he tore his ACL. Was one of the premier defenders in the entire league, and that is the reason why he got paid forty mil, four zero million dollars a year. Clay Thompson doesn't put. Clay Thompson scored whatever. How many points did he score without? What did he take? Six dribbles, eight dribbles. Where the fuck he took in that game? He scored thirty something points in um in a quarter. Eleven. Eleven dribbles. Great. Forty million dollars a year. The definition of an off-ball player. Not a single person on earth said that man was overpaid until he yeah, got you know hurt. Because he's also he was also one of the best wing defenders and defenders period yeah. in the NBA. Duncan Robinson. Yeah, mean, yeah. Duncan no Robinson yeah. averaged 32 minutes a game in the finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. The dude could hold. He's not a great defender. He's not a great defender. Okay, right. So, so we're giving $25 million, $25 million to a not great defender who's very good off ball, but isn't going to help you with a lot of creation. He's not going to help he you run pick and roll. Gr- listen, what? What he is had he the greatest do? shooting season in the history of the yes. NBA for non-big men. That's fantastic, men. John. That's great. But at $25 million, you it's know, worth it again, and then some. Maybe this is just because tensions rising with free agency on the horizon. I'm but just, I don't listen. know if I don't know if we've ever disagreed on a topic more in 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 our Almost three years of of doing this pod, and I love it. I love that we're having this conversation. I'm all in on Duncan Robinson. I'm just I'm telling you right now, I'm all in on Duncan Robinson. And listen, if you're right, right, and if you're right, and it like, what's the worst thing that happened? The worst thing that happened is they made Pat Riley pay out the ass, and they're the only team in the NBA that could do it. They're the only team in the NBA that could do it because there's no other team. No other team is going to make him an offer sheet. And by the way, by the but way, what's stopping the Mavs from doing the exact same thing? What's because stopping the Mavs from going like, oh, hey, we, you know, like you're saying the devil we know in Tim Hardaway Jr. If if Duncan Robinson is as good as as you are vouching for him, and I think his agent would even be very thrilled that you are you are making this argument. I should be his agent. You should be his agent. But here's the thing. If Duncan Robinson's that good, then why wouldn't the Mavs just say to Tim Hardaway Jr., hey, uh, you know how Detroit's apparently interested in you? Go ahead. We're going to get the greatest off-ball shooter who has ever lived 
on this. And planet, you know what? And you know what? Robinson. When Dallas is holding it, a championship it, parade in a year or two, I'm going to come back to you and be like, "See, that could have been us." Yeah, I don't see that happening. But, <laughs> Andrew's um, face is fantastic. But yeah. Dallas says Luca. What are you doing? <laughs> my, I know. I'm kidding. My my wife just told me I, you're being very loud and waking up the baby in her crib. Uh, this is what Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson gets me very excited. What can I tell you? That was incredible. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I think we've done this uh, about as well as we could do it. Um, I did. We did. We miss any big uh, ticket free agency items. <laughs> I I have a mini producer's corner. If, uh, yeah, uh, um, yeah. Well, I think we're we're good to throw it to you. Thank you. I, wow. I felt a pain. I felt a vein pop as I was as Dude. I was having this conversation. I just want you to know that Jeremy's face just froze at one point, and like some of it was internet connection, but it was also like <laughs> appropriate the moment that it froze, yes. and it was just like. I'm- Am I really arguing? Like, what are we talking about? Um, I didn't think I was waking up today and arguing about Duncan Robinson and the Knicks, but here versus we are. Clay so. Thompson, Jeremy. Clay versus Thompson. Clay Thompson. Thompson never had a, a shooting season as good as Duncan Robinson has had. Yeah, Duncan uh, Robinson never had a defensive season as good as Clay Thompson has had. There we go. Anyway, let's. So, producer's corner. I just want to go through a list of free agents and go back and forth with you guys. Just say the team that you think they will end up on. We are less than 24 hours until we will know some answers to these questions. All right. Reggie Bullock. Great start. Sorry. Celtics. Um, (laughs) Celtics? Okay. I'm going to say Celtics. He used to be a Laker, right? Yeah, but they, they, they're not going to be able to offer him more than the tax player mid-level of 5.9. Um, Fair. Okay. You, they can't acquire him via sign and trade. Um, I'll go Celtics. That's fine. Uh, Alec Burks. Uh, Knicks. Okay. Think room exception. In, think I'm back. Okay. Jeremy. This is boring. Knicks. I don't think it'll okay. re- be the room exception, though. I think they'll keep his cap hold and sign him about $7 million. What's his cap hold again? $7.2 million. Dollars. 7.2. Yeah. Nerlens Noel. Um, not the Knicks. Uh, I'm going to say Denver. Mm. JaVale McGee replacement. Although that would be, you know, room exception as well, but that might be his market. uh, Are they going to have the money? Yeah, they have the money now. They trade Josh. Uh, Dallas. Uh, Frank. Raptors. Raptors. Okay. Uh, You're gonna say Frank? What, what is what is the joke? <laughs> you have Why to do say you hate him so much, John? Why do you hate I, him? I, no, I'm what did he do uh, to you? No, I don't. I just <laughs> listen. I hope he if he gets multiple guaranteed years, I will. Let's. I will. I will eat a piece of this submarine that my this yellow submarine that my daughter made at day camp um, live on our next show. If he gets mo- or whatever. He signs. If he gets multiple guaranteed years from an NBA, from an NBA team, um, it just guess. it is team what it option is. Option won't count as guaranteed. No, no. Um, it is what it is. At some point, uh, Spurs. Okay, Tosh. Knicks. All right. Knicks. And then Derek Rose. That covers the Knicks free agents. <sighs> they just don't have the money. Um, the Bulls. I mean, uh, Knicks. So you're saying the Knicks. So I'm saying my, my entire uh, Gordragic theory is wrong. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Knicks. Jeremy. All right. I'm, I'm going to be bold on this one. Bold and brash. I'm going to say <laughs> that after striking out on so many free agents, that Derrick Rose will be a Pelican. Wow. Okay. Can I, can I, just, I think can it'll I be Bulls, but I just want to say Pelicans because that would Pelicans, be hilarious. So that would we, be funny. We got a Woj tweet. 
What is a tweet? Um, once discussions are ESPN sources, once discussions are permitted to be or once discussions are permitted to begin, because obviously discussions are not yet permitted to begin. So obviously discussions have not yet happened yet because that would be tampering. Once discussions are permitted to begin with the opening of NBA free agency on Monday, the Miami Heat are positioning themselves to become front runners. But how, how many couches was that? That's more couch. That's more couches than Barbie Dreamhouse. Mm-hmm. Um that was off the top, mm-hmm. um, are positioning themselves to become front runners to land Toronto's Kyle Lowry in a sign and trade agreement. Well, that spoils the rest of this list. And I'm going to go through just a couple that are regular free agents, not Knicks free agents. So CP3, I think I, you guys answered this. You think he'll go back? Suns. Yeah, I think he'll go back. Back to the Suns. Kawhi, I just put him on here so we can have the quick question of go, going back. Going back. One and one, mm-hmm. Jeremy. And then he'll one and one. sets him up sets him up for five two thirty six. Kyle Lowry, I also think the Heat. Is there anything to deter you guys from thinking the Heat? No, he was always going to the Heat. Okay, um, Demar Derozan, and this can just be quick. Okay, uh, Derozan will be a Jeremy I'm say Heat. Yeah. Wow, Lowry and DeRozan team because they're gonna lose Duncan Robinson to the Knicks, so they right. can replace him with Demar on DeRozan. Four-year max, yeah, yeah. A couple of future Hall of Famers swapping positions, you know. Exactly. Can they, afford, they can't afford. Uh, um, man, fuck. Where's where's he gonna go? I don't know. Uh, fuck. I don't know the an answer. answer. Another Woj tweet. Lowry's long been intrigued with joining Heat star Jimmy Butler and the Miami organization. And now Miami's maneuvered to have two key elements of a possible sign and trade package. Goran Dragic and Precious Chua to offer so Raptors once talks can ensue at 6 p.m. Goran uh, Dragic is Atlanta is Toronto. That's that's the answer to that question. He's also not a free yes. agent, I guess, now. Okay. He's not. You know what? I'm going to... I'm going <laughs> to... What are you going to say? <laughs> I want to cover my ass. Can I give a can I give a different answer than everything I've said on the rest of the pod? I hope not. Go ahead. Please uh, don't. De, 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 de Rosen will be a nick. Okay. So the whole the I'm so breaking glad Jeremy's that brain. We're not doing this in person or else I would probably murder you. <laughs> cap or no cap, the Duncan Robinson play. Um Lonzo Ball. Uh Bulls. Pelicans. I think I think, they'll, I think I'll go back. <laughs> so they end up with Derek Rose I, I, and lots of ball. I don't know. No, at this point, no. I think uh, I think he'll be so expensive that he'll go to the Bulls. And the the reason why the Bulls won't sign Derek Rose is because they will have gotten Lonzo Ball at the point where the Pelicans just didn't want to match that much. Mm-hmm. Schroeder. So Knicks. Dennis Schroeder will be a Nick. Nick. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. Raptor. Uh, yeah, Raptor. Malik Monk. That a is fuck. a tough one. That's, I mean, <laughs> as of right now, he's like the seventh most important free agent or know. up there, like top 10. Wasn't he reported to, to be interested or someone was interested in him? Um, Essentially. All right. All right. Him and we'll just move on because you guys clearly don't okay, care. I got one. I got one. I'll goes. say for, for Malik Monk, I'll say Grizzlies. Okay. Uh, sure. Evan Fournier. Knicks. Knicks. Well, I just said the Rosen for Knicks, so I can't say Fournier for Knicks, can I? Okay. Uh, who else can afford him? See, this is there's really nobody. This nobody has cap space. Um, the Mavs. No, I think Timmy's gonna go back to the Mavs. Um, Jeremy, do you see Tim Hardaway? Because that's the next one, Tim Hardaway Jr. Do you see him going back to the Mavs? Yeah, I do. Okay. 
I, I don't see them really getting many good free agents, if any. I don't think they Just can. The, think their their big move is in free is a trade market. Whatever they can get for KP, Kemba Walker. Ah, there you go. We'll see. Can yeah. I change one of my answers? Oh God, yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think the Rosen's going to come to the Knicks. I think Fournier will come to the Knicks. <laughs> uh, then where's the Rosen going to go? I really don't know where the Rosen's going. How the f- the Rosen's going to go? Something. You know what? Never mind. The Rosen will go to the. God, no, he, he's not going to take their five point nine. Miami million. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if but he they can afford him, how are they going to afford him? You just had him, uh, Duncan Robinson leaving. Yeah, but so that would need to happen in a sign and trade involving San Antonio. Okay, no, it just maybe that could be how they do it's it. An ex, it's an extension, or uh, okay, ex, ex, ugh, it's an exception. He'll get some sort of exception. That's my yeah, but that's take. nothing. It's nothing. Where's There's no his, money. If you can't think of his market, then that's a pretty good indication of what he's going to get, which is going to be the exception. Which is why I said Knicks, because the Knicks will be there with a check. You just so undid it. And I listen, I can I can try to unkill you. But if you go back, then I have to re-kill you. That's kind of the way it works. I'm sorry. I think what we've decided is that no, tune on. in tomorrow night to find no, out where hold on, hold on. Go. Final, final answer. The Rosen, Dallas, Timmy, uh, Detroit. Okay, that's fair. Uh, last but not least, Carmelo Anthony. There was a report today that both the Knicks and Lakers have interest in signing the seven-time All-Star and future Hall of Famer. Lakers. I think the Lakers, too. I actually hope the Lakers, too. I do, too. Listen, I... I I, I just I want the mellow jerseys. Not, notice the mellow jerseys not up today. You should want more for Carmelo Anthony than to go, like take possessions away from RJ Barrett. Like, go go trophy hunting, dude. John, yeah, I'll, think, I'll, I'll make it three for three. Lakers, Lakers. Okay, and that is producers corner. Tune in tomorrow night for our extravaganza. Hopefully, uh, Jeremy doesn't kill John. And you know, I love you, John. But hopefully, nothing he said today happens. Um, and hopefully we have a fun time from 5 to 11 p.m. Uh, reacting to everything that happens in free agency. So. All right. There you go. Sounds good. Uh, um, I feel like there's an elephant in the room that uh, I'm OK, by the way. I really uh, am fine. I was about to ask, you know, reporting live from quarantine, Andrew Claudio. Yeah. Um, I'll just say a quick like. Yeah, please. So. I'll just say I feel fine. I feel healthy. I've tested negative twice. The person, the, the two different doctors that I spoke to when I got my tests were like, you probably are fine. It's the fact that you were in a car with this person for two hours that you should be careful and quarantined for like three to five days. And if on Wednesday you have, you still have no symptoms and you've tested negative, then you're fine. So it looks like I'll honestly be fine by Wednesday because I'm vaccinated. And that's like just the theme of what I have to say. Like, I I get some concerns. Like there was another friend of mine on the trip has had an issue with not knowing, like he's not anti-vax. His mother-in-law lives with them and she's vaccinated. Um, He is not against the vaccine. He and his wife have had trouble um, getting pregnant and he just wanted to see like six months of data to see whether or not he should get it. Was probably going to get it sometime in the fall. And then all this happened. So that I think I respect and I empathize. I disagree, but I empathize. I just like the the amount of ways that this can all go wrong is if people 
on from their phones tweet out that the government's trying to control you and not to make this a big political statement but i just would very much like to get past this the reason i'm taking this so seriously is because this disease killed my uncle and now an advanced form of it is taking hold of this country so before it mutates again please everybody get your vaccines get your shots and let's like i said move on from this together that's very well said andrew thank you mm-hmm. yes um, I approve. I approve. Nick's film school approves of this message. Yes, um, I will make sure not to. I will make sure not to. You know, include any of this. We'll go back to the jokes and the making fun of John tomorrow night on the live stream. I listen, promise. Man, you make fun of me all you want. Now, get it all in. Je- I swear, well, I Jeremy. I need this all to happen in a way because I want your reaction, and then I'll tweet it out, and then just to see your brain break, and that will be. A, a video we post every time something crazy happens from the next film school Twitter account. Um, I just saw <laughs> uh, there's a report apparently that the Knicks are pushing hard for Miles Turner um, from J. Michael. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and look at that article. Actually, I bought a subscription to um, was it the Indie Star? Yeah, I think it's the Indie Star um to uh to check out his uh his stuff so um i'll uh yeah it'll be interesting okay um this was this was fun <laughs> i think i woke up my children my wife's probably not very happy with me but it was all worth it for good content right good content um we're gonna have some fun we're gonna have some fun during this free agency period i'm looking forward to it everybody thanks for listening to another episode of the next film school podcast uh subscribe rate review we'll see you soon Adiós. Adiós.